want to talk to you about tonight is catching the glimpse of the Father. And there's so many of us that, you know, over the years, I mean, all we want is just to catch the glimpse of the Father. But so many times we don't have a good point of reference because we may not have had a good father or we may not have been raised in an atmosphere to to feel that love of a father. Well, I want for tonight for you to leave here feeling differently, for you to realize who your father is, for you to realize the love of the father. And so many times, you know, when you talk about stuff like this, people think, oh, that should be done at a girls' conference, just a teenage girls' conference. But it's not true because if you knew how many women are walking around hurting and in pain because of the lack of that love that they never received as a child. And they have carried it over into their adult womanhood. And it is carried over into affecting their marriages, affecting how they raise their children, affecting so many areas of their life. And so I want to talk to you about catching the glimpse of the Father. And our text is Jeremiah 8, 20 through 22. And I like to use the New American Standard Version. I like the way that it phrases this. And so that's the one we're going to be using. But I just want you to know that I have ministered to so many girls across this nation, young girls, women, everything. And I watch as they seem to have this incredible longing to simply impress someone. We all have that desire to impress someone, women more than anyone else. We desire to please. We desire to meet the needs and everything. But it's not to impress a friend or a boy or a boss or even a husband. It's not even a desire to please our mom. But it's a longing to see that look from our father, from our father that says, you're my girl. That look from a father that says, I love you. I'm proud of you. You mean so much to me. You see, the deep cry of every girl and every woman's heart is to hear that I am lovely, that I am loved. Do I captivate you? And see, that is the longing of every woman's heart. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're five or if you're 85. Every woman desires to hear that you are lovely and that you captivate someone. But you see, I want you to leave here tonight never doubting the Father's love. Never doubting how he feels about you, but knowing that the father wants his daughters blessed, that he loves you that much. It is his joy for you to flourish and to succeed in your life. That is his joy. We named our daughter Abigail, and that, that name actually means the father's joy because I wanted her to know it doesn't matter what her earthly biological father has done. It doesn't matter if she was abandoned. It doesn't matter if it, it doesn't matter. She is the father's joy. She is precious. She is worthy. She is She can live life full of joy and peace and victory in her life, and she is the Father's joy. You see, it's just like when Abby gets dressed in the morning. Having a little girl is so different (laughs) than having a little boy. Having raised a boy to be 17 years old now, you know, he didn't care. I mean, he didn't care if he was dirty. He didn't care if he had stuff all over him. He didn't care if he stunk. I mean, it didn't matter. But girls are so different in everything. It's just like Abby when she gets dressed in the morning or when she gets her hair done, or when I take her to get her nails done. It's just a special treat for her. Or, you know, it doesn't matter what happens if she gets a new dress or a new pair of shoes or, I mean, it does, even new lip gloss. I mean, she'll put it on. The first thing she does is she runs into the living room or wherever Pat is, and she says, look, Daddy, do you like it? You know, do you like the way, you know, my shoes look? Do you like my hair? Do you like the nails? And, oh, my goodness, if he doesn't just rave over it for, like, five minutes, she's very disappointed. <laughs> and so, you know, he has to go on on and on about it, you know, but that's the desire of every young girl, but not only that, every woman to find that. We all want our dads to find us lovely. We all want that. You see, it's just as, even as recent as my birthday party um, last Saturday, I think it was Saturday night, and for those of you who came and everything, thank you so much. Thank you for all the love, all the gifts, all the gift cards, the just being there and everything. I feel like the most blessed person in the entire world, you know, for that night, and I have the most amazing husband in the entire world <laughs> so, that would do that for me. But it's just like at that birthday party, I was surprised that my mom and dad came into town for that birthday party. There have probably been only twice in our entire marriage that my parents have come to visit us. And so, you know, they came into town for that birthday party. And, you know, Pat, uh, 
Pat handed my dad the mic at one point in the night, you know, and I was in a panic mode. I'm like, oh, my goodness, like, my dad hates to be put on the spot. My dad hates to, you know, he doesn't like to be in the spotlight. And I kind of panicked for a moment inside. But, you know, because he's such a quiet, unassuming man, a man with deep conviction and everything, but one who hides from any kind of limelight, any kind of spotlight. I mean, he likes to run the sound at their church, and he loves to see other people shine. But something so personal happened that night because growing up I knew my dad loved me and his way of showing love was doing things for us building us things you know he built his hope chest he did things like that but he never said I love you he never you know really made a effort to really say you're pretty you're you know anything like that so and he had three daughters poor man you know (laughs) so no boys but um so he never got a word in edgewise at our house. <laughs> so, but that moment at that night, you know, when he handed my dad the mic and everything, there was something so personal that happened for me that night. Because with a big smile, my dad just looked at me and he said, I love you and I'm proud of you. And see, that was for me that night. I needed to hear that because you know what? It made my night. But more than that, it was something I needed to hear. Even you're like, whoa, you know, I mean, you're 40 years old. I mean, you need to hear that. Yeah, we all do. We all need to hear those things. You see, it made my night that night to hear that my dad was proud of me, to see him smile at me and to say, I love you and everything. See, it was the glimpse of the father at that moment that made all the world of difference. At that moment, nothing else, you know, what anybody else had to say, it was important, but nothing could compare to that, you know, that he would say that. You see, it's the look that only a dad can give, a look that says, she is my princess, a look that says, you know, I love her and that I'm proud of her. It's time to catch the glimpse of the Father. It's time to catch that glimmer in his eye that you need to see to know that he loves you, that he cares about you. You see, I am convinced that if you get a hold of this message, it will set you free. You will finally know who you are, who God has called you to be. I don't know. I mean, any of you who have young girls or anything, I'm sure that you've watched The Princess Diaries. Okay, we have watched that show. I could quote. I could act it out right here for you, the entire movie. And so we have watched that movie so many times and everything. And it doesn't matter how many times she sees it, she still wants to watch that movie. And so, but in that movie, in the Princess Diaries, Princess Mia, she was a princess all along. She just didn't know it. And when she found out who her father was, it changed her whole outlook of her life. It changed. He was a king. And it changed how she viewed herself how she viewed her surroundings. It even changed what she thought she could accomplish in her life. And I know that's just a Disney, you know, or something movie and everything, but that made such an impact on me that, you know, if we could ever truly grasp who our Father is, it would change everything we do. It would change how we view ourselves. You see, we tend to see the face of the of the Father is maybe how we see our earthly father. And so many times for some women, that may be an angry look. That may be a condemning, arrogant, unimpressed, or even disappointed look that you may get from your father. But I want you to hear today, I'm here to say that you need to take another look because our heavenly father has such a different look when he looks upon his daughters. The father smiles upon you when he looks at you. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what you've done. He loves you in spite of all of that. You see, some women were traumatized by problems like having fathers that were silent or aloof in their life, or some even that have had fathers that have mistreated or abused them. So many times we view God the way we view our earthly father, and all this affecting how we approach the throne of God, how we come into his presence, how we relinquish that control of our life to him. If we're untrusting because of something our earthly father did, then we're less likely to come into God's presence with open arms, believing that he's going to welcome us with open arms. You see, yesterday's misunderstood girl has become today's disgruntled woman. So many times today's wounded girls will become tomorrow's hopeless women. If something doesn't take place where you find God is your father, that he loves you more than you could ever, ever imagine. You see, there are so many statistics, and we could list so many of them. Why is it that one out of ten girls cut themselves 
in our nation. One out of ten, I mean, they cut themselves. They mutilate their bodies. There is a lack of a father in their life. In 2007, there were 907,000 reports of malnutrition among teen girls. How sad. It's not for a lack of food in our nation. But they starve themselves because they don't have a good image of who they are. One out of three girls, seven and over, have been violated. 92% of homosexual girls were molested, sometimes by their own father. There is a need for a father to young girls in this nation. You see, we have a generation of girls, one out of five in a Fox News poll, who will send naked pictures over the cell phone or Internet. And I believe it's because there is a lack of a dad in the home. You see, I've heard even recently of the past week of girls at Hewitt Trustful High School who have sent out naked pictures of themselves over text messaging all over the school. How sad that there is a lack, there is a void in their lives, that they have to do that to feel that they're attractive. You see, I've heard of those girls, and it saddens me. I just, when I heard that, I just wanted to cry because I'm thinking, why would they do that? Why would they degrade themselves like that? You see, but girls need to hear that they are beautiful and priceless so that they don't go looking for that attention in other areas. Fatherless girls are more likely to commit suicide. They're more likely to run away. They're more likely to end up as unwed mothers. They're more likely to be seriously abused, needing medical attention. And see, the closer they are to their fathers, the less likely they are to use drugs. They do better in school. They have a healthier self-image because of that relationship with their father. You see, in other words, girls who are close to their fathers and their mothers are less likely to seek out affirming relationships that will lead to unhealthy and risky behavior. See, it's time to catch that glimpse of the Heavenly Father to get your view of who you are. It will change everything if you get that. And I know you may be sitting there thinking, well, I'm not a teenage girl. I'm not that. No, but there are things that may have happened in your childhood that have carried over into your adulthood that God wants to set you free. You see, it's the scream from every girl's heart. He loves you so much, but you will never realize it until you start looking differently at who you are in Him of who you are and what he wants you to be. Do you know what your father looks like? Do you know his voice? Do you know who he is? Can I tell you are royalty? Because he is the king. You have so much inside of you, so much more than what you could ever imagine. But there are ten things that you must know about your heavenly father. You see, now, if I call him daddy, it's because Romans 8 says that I can. It says that we can cry out to him, Abba, Father, Daddy. We can call him that. We can call upon his name. You see, your daddy wants to know that you are okay. In the New American Standard Version, and I like this version, Jeremiah 8, 20 through 22, it says, For the brokenness of the daughter of my people, I am broken. I mourn. Dismay has taken hold of me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then has not the health of the daughter of my people been restored? This is a father who cares for his daughters, who loves them so much. You see, this scripture shows that a father is worried for his daughter. You see, Pat cannot stand it if Abby gets hurt or if she gets sick Or if something happens that's out of his control, he can't stand it if he can't fix her. If he can't just make it all better for her. He wants to shield her. He gets angry if he cannot fix it for her. If there's something he can't make better for her, he wants to shield her from pain. And that's what the Father wants for us. He wants so much to shield us from the pains that we go through in life. But if we're not running to him, how can he shield us? You see, we have to know that he is the one that we can go to. It is the father's joy to provide for his daughters. Whatever the need is, he wants to meet it. But there is a difference in our wants and in our needs. You see, there's a difference in the things that we want. And what we want is not always what is good for us. And so many times we take no as a rejection. But sometimes God has to say no to us in order to protect us. And where trust comes in is we have to trust that he knows better for us what is good for us than we do. And so he wants to bless us, but within the things he knows, 
that will take care of us. You see, he is crying out here through his prophet Jeremiah. He says, is there no doctor here? God is asking a powerful question in this statement. Why has the health of my daughter not been restored? You see, a true father is always looking out for his daughter. 1 Peter 3, 7 says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. And I know some of you may have gotten offended or got upset when you heard that we were referred to as the weaker the weaker partner and everything. But can I tell you, can we just leave our women's lib attitudes that this nation has taken on back at the check them at the back door? Because I am so sick of women who are willing to forsake their femininity in their pursuit of strength. God has called us and given us our femininity for a purpose, for a reason, not because he considers us weak. You see, in this scripture, he's not saying that she's weak. He's saying rather that the term weaker is a form of sensitivity. He says honor or respect her because she is special. He wasn't saying it as a matter of equality, but a matter of protection over her. You see, your father said, respect her. In the King James, the word is honor. You see, I know one day when a guy dares to come knocking on our front door to take our daughter out, God help him, <laughs> you know, that he would come and ask to take our daughter out, that Pat will threaten his life if he does not respect and honor our daughter. And it won't be a joke. <laughs> you know, it'll be for real and everything. But the word honor or respect means valuable, of the highest esteem, precious in sight, dignified by protection. So what he's saying is protect her. She is worthy of protection. He says to treat her different. He says, this is my daughter, and you better not hurt her. She's my baby girl, and don't mess with her. Because if you do, I won't even answer your prayers. That's what that scripture says. In other words, God won't even take the call of a guy who would hurt you intentionally who would come against you. You see, he loves you that much. That is the Father's love. You see, most women never have never known how to be daddy's little girl. So many of us in our adult lives, we don't know how to be daddy's little girl. And we try to tell everyone else they can be daddy's little girl, but we ourselves don't even know. You see, the statistics are horrifying. We hear all the time how a boy needs a father, and it's true. It is so important for a young man to have a father to teach him how to be a man. But it is just as harmful for a daughter not to have her father. You see, it causes her to long for something. She may not even know it's missing until later in life. It causes a void in her life that she goes throughout her life trying to fill that void, a void that only God can fill. A void that only God can come in and touch that place of her life. So many grown women are living out their lives still searching for that father in their life. You see, we live in a generation where young ladies are missing out on a father in their life. One out of three girls over the age of three do not have a daddy in their home. How sad. How just devastating to know that there's little girls who don't know the love of the father. Every woman wants to be adored and loved. If daddy is there, then he fills that void. He fulfills that natural desire to be loved by a father. If the, that love then later grows into a maturity that helps you understand true love when you're looking for a man in your life, when you're wanting and looking for true love in a husband, you have a healthy love to compare it to. But you see, the problem is that if daddy wasn't there, she never had the example of what the love of a father is. Or maybe that view was distorted by an unhealthy image in her mind and so she has trouble receiving or giving love you see women go out so many times they see someone that resembles what they think a father should be only to be disappointed by a strong bicep impersonator you see so many times they go looking for someone and they settle because they don't really know women today are searching for their daddy but can i tell you for those women in here that are married your husband was never meant to be your father your husband was never meant to fill that void. Your husband was never meant to fill that emptiness that you long for in a father. 
Quit expecting him to. He will never measure up and you will live a life of disappointment because it's not the role that he was meant to fill. He was meant to fill, of course, your protector, your your lover, your best friend, the one who is going to walk with you and everything, but he was never meant to be your father. And so you can't expect him to fill that role. Jeremiah 2.27 says, They say to wood, you are my father, and stone you gave me birth. They have turned their backs to me and not their faces, yet when they are in trouble, they say, come and save us. You see, tragically, some women never experience the true love of a father that that what it could have done in them. God wants to mold you into the precious woman that he has called you to be. He wants to mold your life. He is the father that we are to fashion our idea of love after. He is the one that we are to look to. Isaiah 64, 8 says, Yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. You see, if we realize who our heavenly father is, we will stop looking for healing from the arms of flesh that can only come from the arms of God. So many times we look to everyone around us for that healing, but it can only come from God. You see, Isaiah 4 talks about seven women grabbing hold of one man and begging him to be their husband so that they can have a name. But look at our promise. 1 John 3, 1 says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are, his daughters. Leviticus 19.29 says, Do not degrade your daughters by making her a prostitute, or the land will turn to prostitution and be filled with wickedness. You see, I want you to know Daddy likes you. God the Father likes you. He doesn't just care for you. He really does like you. Did you know that God likes every single one of you? He gave strict warnings in this scripture about taking care of the daughters of the, in the Old Testament. He considers those closest to his heart the daughters. God's word refers to Israel as his daughter. He called the people of Jerusalem the daughters of Zion. He loves the daughters. Song of Solomon 6.9 says, But my dove, my perfect one, is unique, the only daughter of her mother, the favorite of the one who bore her. The maiden saw her and called her blessed. The queens and concubines praised her. But look what it says in Psalms 45:11. The king is enthralled by your beauty. He adores you. He loves you. All glorious is the princess within her chamber. He lavishes you with wonderful gifts. But you know what? So many times our hands are closed to receive those gifts that he has for us when all we have to do is reach out and take the blessings that he has for us. Open our hands and receive. You see, Pat tells Abby every single day that she is beautiful. He tells her every single day that she is precious, that she is a princess, that she is a champion, that she can accomplish anything. He tells her, you know, both our children, they can accomplish anything. But he tells her she is beautiful, and it fills me with such joy to sit back and watch and see her develop such a healthy self-esteem, to develop such a healthy self-image that her father is molding in her life. You see, because as long as she's getting it from him, that healthy self-image, she doesn't have to go out and get it from anybody else. She will feel good about herself. But you know what? God the Father wants to reach down and mold you and make you and show you who you are through his eyes, show you who you are, let you look through his mirror, through his looking glass, through his mirror of love. So many times, you know what? Forget that you haven't had that healthy image growing up. If you just look to heaven, look into the Father's eyes, you will see a reflection of the powerful woman of God that he has intended you to be. He has such plans for you. You see, on Monday, my daughter may have to get glasses because of something that they have found, a problem in her eye that um, one of her eyes is not working the way it should and the other eye is trying to compensate for both of them, causing the other one to want to shut down. And so she may have to get glasses to correct that issue. But you see, as a mom... Okay, who cares about fashion and who cares about things like that? I will make sure she looks good if she has to wear glasses. She mentioned to me, Mommy, if I have to get glasses, I want a pair of red glasses with either white, pink, or black polka dots. And you know what? I don't care where I have to look to find those glasses. (laughs) So if you see them anywhere, my daughter will have red glasses (laughs) with white, pink, or black polka dots on them if it will make her feel better about having to wear glasses. 
But you see, I can make her look pretty, but Pat has to make sure that she feels gorgeous, that she feels beautiful. You see, a father has the ability to make you feel gorgeous. And it really, it's how he responds in those first 30 seconds that determines whether she's going to wear them or not. (laughs) That is the truth. And so our Father wants us to know that we are gorgeous, that we are beautiful, that He is pleased with us. You see, the love of the Father makes us be able to see more clearly who we are, to see more clearly the true us, the true person that we are. And did you know that it is okay to desire to know your Father? You see, The Bible calls us the bride of Christ, but we are also referred to as the daughter of God. Do you understand that a father is a compliment to a woman and not an insult? In today's society, it's become an insult. In a generation that says that God is whatever we decide he is, it's time that we rise up and say that God is our father. You see, many women think of the concept of God as their father as an insult. The problem is is that we live in a day when the image of father has been mutilated by today's mindset. And it's time that we change that mindset for the young women coming up after us. How could any daughter be offended who has ever seen the broadening grin on the leathery face of a father who looks at her seeing his daughter succeed? The smile that he has for her. The feeling I got that night at that birthday party when my dad said he loved me. How could I ever be offended by him when you see that look on his face? It doesn't matter if he's ever disappointed me. It doesn't matter if thing at that moment, how can anything else matter? You see, there were many times when I was growing up where I would get scared at night or I would watch a scary movie or something like that, which I do not condone. I I don't let my children watch scary movies, and I don't recommend that you do. Watching scary movies opens the door for fear in your life that should never be there. And so I would watch a scary movie or something, and I would wake up in the middle of the night scared, and I would just run to see if my dad was there. And just knowing that he was there made everything okay because I knew nothing could get past him. You know, I mean, I knew that he would take care of everything. But see, there's so many times in Abby's life when she's asleep at night and periodically, you know, Abby is a very active sleeper. She acts out everything in her dreams. She sleepwalks. She sleep talks. She's very, yeah, so she will wake up maybe scared from a dream or something and she will run into the room and she'll say, Daddy, I love you. And he'll wake up and he'll say, you know, I love you too, (laughs) you know. But it really wasn't that she wanted to hear him say I love you. It just she wanted to make sure he was there. And she'll go right back to sleep because the Father's voice in your life will always bring comfort, will always bring peace, will always bring direction in your life if you're listening for it, if you pursue it, if you seek it out. You see, Jeremiah 29:13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. A.W. Tozer said, God waits to be wanted. He waits on you. He waits. He longs for you to come to him. Believe it or not, God wants you to seek him. He wants to be sought after. He wants you to simply desire to know him. His greatest commandment is to love him. Mark 12, 29 says, The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. The Lord our God, the Lord is, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might, and with all your strength. It is his commandment that we love him. You see, remember when Martha and Mary were arguing and everything over, Martha was helping out in the kitchen and Mary was at his feet, and they were arguing, And Mary, but Mary chose God. You see, and Jesus said, that scripture has always bothered me because I'm a worker. Like, I want to see things done. The kitchen needs to be cleaned. You know, it's hard for me to let things go so that I can go sit and worship. You know, it's hard for me to go worship until I know everything's taken care of. And so I've always always felt sorry for Martha, you know. And if you've ever heard the message that I've done, you know, being a Martha or being a Mary in a Martha world and everything, if you've never heard that, get that because it kind of explains some of that. But Jesus said, Mary chose God. She has chosen better. Luke 10 for in Luke 10:42. You see he said she has chose me. God desires you to desire him. 
And sometimes, you know, I have to, at the home, at our home, you know, I have to look at all the stuff that needs to be done, the dishes that need to be put up, the laundry that needs to be done and everything. But you know what? There's nothing more important than finding his presence, than sitting in his presence, than coming into his presence. And there's no better thing that I can teach my children than in the midst of all that's going on to be in his presence. My children need to find me in his presence. You see, your daddy is not weirded out by your touch. This one is specifically important to me. How many girls have been taught that daddies don't like to show affection? It absolutely messes up a girl's concept of the, of the father. So many girls feel that they cannot go and love on their dad or crawl up into his lap or anything that, that's just an awkward thing that when you get to a certain age, you shouldn't sit, you know, you shouldn't love on your dad, you shouldn't kiss him. We have the most affectionate family as anybody I've ever known. I mean, I kiss Nate on the lips. Y'all might think that's wrong and everything, but I kiss him. I, we, Abby and I, we all, so, I mean, usually that's why our entire family gets sick when somebody gets sick because we just love on each other and everything. And, but God wants us to be loving in a healthy way and not, you know, in a wrong way. But you see, he wants to be touched by us. He desires to hold you. When you crawl up in, in his lap of love, out of desperation, his look changes from all of that to compassion for you. All dads like to be needed. All dads like to be needed. Our worldly mindset has made it weird and awkward to love on a girl because she hits puberty and makes changes in her body. Our world makes us feel that girls are awkward at that moment. At a time when little girls need more affirmation in their life than any other time of their life, they're usually pushed aside because it's awkward. When at that time, and that time specifically, is when little girls need to hear, you are precious, you are lovely, you are wanted, you are, you are adored, you are, you are priceless. They need to hear those words so many times. And see, this only, when they're pushed away, it only makes them feel insecure with their own body. It makes her feel that something is wrong. And many girls start looking for affirmation somewhere else other than at home. You see, they're not directed to God the Father. See, when you don't have that at home, God the Father can come in and fill that void in your life. Matthew 9, 21 through 22 says, And then in Mark 5, The woman with the issue of blood said to herself, If only I may touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Some translations say that I will be made whole because God wants to make you whole, not just well in your life. He wants to make you whole. He wants you to be restored, not just for the bleeding to stop, but he wants you to be restored and renewed and refreshed in your life. He wants you to be made complete in your life. You see, When Jesus turned and saw her, he said, Take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. You see, the Father desires for you to be whole and complete. It was the voice of the Father. He called her daughter. Have you ever wondered why he called her daughter? He was making a statement. God loves his daughters. God looks at you as his daughter. You see, he wasn't grossed out by her affliction. He wasn't turned off by her circumstances. You see, he was moved by her desire to be free, and he was moved with compassion for her. Your daddy loves to spoil you. You see, John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. You see, Pat loves to bless and, yes, even spoil our children, sometimes more than I think they should be spoiled. (laughs) But especially when he traveled, he would always come home bearing gifts. He would always come home, and the rule was, don't ask me for the gift. I get it because I love you. So when Nate was little, he would just say, hey, Dad, I missed you. I love you, you know, and just kind of hang around him until he gave the gift. Abby, on the other hand, she runs to the front door. Daddy, I love you. Where's my gift? (laughs) You know, she gets straight to the point because she knows Daddy has a gift. And if he doesn't give it to her right away, she volunteers to help him unpack his bag because she knows the gift is in the bag and everything. There's always a motive there. (laughs) But you see, he loves to spoil us. He... Pat always loved to bless Nate, but Nate was easy to buy for. A matchbox car, you know, a sling, like anything, action figure. I mean, he was so easy to to buy for, but not Abby. She's particular. He said it takes forever for him to choose a gift for her. He's, You know, I believe that's the way Jesus is with us. He takes his time to take care of us. He knows that we're picky. He knows that we're women, that we're girls. He wants the very best for us. You see, 
Matthew 7, 11 says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? You see, depending on our view of our Father, we're afraid to approach him and ask him for anything. When all he says is to come to me and ask, change your mindset tonight. He wants you to ask of him. He wants you. There were times, you know, I... If there, I had something wrong before I got married with my car, with anything. If I asked my dad to help me, he just smiled. It would just made him so happy to know that I still needed him. And everything God wants us to want him. He wants us to need him. Colossians 1.11 says, Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. You see, we have an inheritance in him, but all we have to do is reach out and take it. God wants the very best for us, so why do we second guess how precious and priceless we are to him? He loves us that much. Your Father is jealous for you. Song of Solomon 8.4 says, Daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. 2 Corinthians 11.2 says, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. He wants us to live life to the fullest, full of purity and joy, so that we might be presented to Christ and live and walk in freedom. Your Father shows up to dance with you. This is my favorite thing. You know, I just picture sometimes when things get so hairy, so crazy in life, I just picture myself in a field just dancing in God's presence and him just shining down on me in, in pleasure that I would take the time to be in his presence. You see, but he dances with us. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is in the midst of you, a mighty one, a Savior, who saves. He will rejoice over you with joy. He will rest in silent satisfaction, and in his love he will be silent and make no mention of past sins or even recall them. He will exalt you over you with singing. See, literally what that's saying is he dances over you. That's how much he loves you. He gets so excited over you. There is nothing that can excite my daughter or make her happier than to get to dance with her daddy. There, it doesn't matter what time of night it is. She knows if she asks, daddy is going to dance with her. You see, Jeremiah thirty-one thirteen says, Then maidens will dance and be glad, young men and old as well. I will turn their mourning into gladness. I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. You see, Abby knows where Pat's iPod is. You know, we have the little iPod dock in the, in the dining room and everything. And she knows where his iPod is, and she knows how to scroll through it. It's amazing. She knows how to scroll through it and find where he's entered in Abby's songs. And she goes, and she scrolls through it, and she puts it on Abby's songs, and she runs in, puts it on the dock, and turns it up as loud as she can. And she'll run in there, and, Daddy, let's dance, let's dance. And he'll drop whatever he's doing, and he will dance with her. There have been times when she has been sick that he will dance with her to those slow Cinderella songs, that she has fell asleep in his arms as they were dancing. Because, you see, she knows that the Father loves to dance with her. Our beauty is magnified through the Father. He dances over us. He dances with us. You know, there's so many times in high schools, the girls who were the prettiest didn't even know it because they didn't know how precious they were, how wonderful they were. You see, he says in Isaiah that he bestows on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Some of us have walked through so many things in our lives that have brought ashes into our life. There's so many burnt up areas of our life that he says, I bring beauty for those ashes. You see, it's just like getting dressed for your wedding day. It's the look from your father that is what sets you up for the groom. Your dad holds out his arms to give you away, but really what he's doing is giving away the best part of himself. And see, I can remember on that wedding day when, you know, my dad didn't show a lot of affection when we were growing up, but on that wedding day, I had to pull my arm away from him when he walked me down that aisle. And the tears that welled up in his eyes on that day were so precious, that love that he had. You see, you see, I'm reminded of how the king treated Esther. Her beauty, inside and out, would be the gift that would set her people free. You see, the king loved her. He bestowed favor on her. 
Esther 2.9 says the girl pleased him and won his favor. Immediately he provided her with her beauty treatments and special food. He assigned to her seven maids selected from the king's palace and moved her and her maids into the best place in the harem. You see, just as a little girl doesn't want to disappoint her earthly father, we should desire to please and to find favor in God, in our Heavenly Father. That's the only person that we have to please. Because if we're pleasing Him, if we're walking out in purity, walking out our life of purity, walking out that life of holiness, that life of righteousness, then it will show in everything we do, and we will please the ones who matter. All we have to do is please God. You see, Song of Solomon 8.10 says, Then I was in His eyes as one who has found favor. That is what I desire for my life. In the Hebrew, the word favor literally means to make whole, safe, make well, happy, healthy, in body, soul, and spirit, to make complete, to make good, to repay, and to make restoration for. You see, that is what the Father wants to do. Literally, that, that scripture in Song of Solomon says, Then I was in his eyes as one who was found to be made whole, to be made safe. I was found in his eyes to be made happy, healthy in body, soul, and spirit. He made me complete. He made good everything in my life. He repaid all my debts and made restitution for me. There I was in his eyes as one who has found favor. You see, we need to quit running around trying to find favor with everyone else in our search for love and acceptance in our life. We have already found favor with the king, with the one who really matters. You see, daddy loves to wake up his daughters. See, now watch. I love this story. The father went to the son to awaken the daughter, just like God went to his son to awaken us. You see, he knows, daddies know just how to wake up their daughters. I don't know about you. Sometimes I wake up my children pretty abruptly in the morning, you know, because I'm running late. I'm trying to do everything and everything. I'm like, come on, come on, get up. But there is nothing like the way a daddy wakes up his little daughter. You know, he can go into Abby and he rubs her back. He's like, come on, Abby. Here, I'll hold you for a while. You know, I, you know, sit with me on the couch you know and he he'll just you know let her you know sit in his lap and everything he wants to wake us up tonight God wants to awaken inside of you that love that peace that joy that acceptance that affirmation that you've always been looking for he wants to wake that up Matthew 9 18 through 26 says while he was saying this a ruler came and knelt before him and said my daughter has just died But come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him and so did his disciples. But then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his garment. Don't you just hate it sometimes when you need a miracle and somebody else gets blessed? Somebody else gets a miracle in their life? But you see, sometimes we need to realize God intends to heal us. It's just not our turn. It's just not our time. And we need to see the faith of others so that it builds our faith. You see... The woman said, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her, and as we said, take heart, daughter, your faith has healed you. And that woman was healed from that moment. But when Jesus entered the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd, he told everybody to go away. He said, the girl is not dead but asleep. You know what? Sometimes we have to get away from all the negative people in our life, get away from all the people who have all the junk to say, all the negativity, all the naysayers in our life, and start listening to the Word of God. You see, but they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put aside, he went in, and he took the girl by the hand and got up. News of it spread throughout all the region. But you know what? In Mark 5, I love this part of the Scripture better because it says in Matthew that he took her by the hand and she got up. But in Mark 5, it says that he actually looked at him and said, what's all the commotion? He says, she's just asleep. And then he looked at her and he said, Talitha Kum, little girl, I say to you, arise. Daughter, arise. Get up from your sleep. Get up from your slumber. Get up from your, you know, not caring about anything. Wake up. Arise. And that's what he wants to do for you tonight. He wants to awaken the joy that should be in your life. He wants to awaken the peace. He wants to awaken your trust in Him. He wants to bring life to you. He's coming into this house to awaken His daughters tonight. See, the word is going to spread all over as people see that women of God are being set free. They are going to come out and watch as women of God realize who they are and step into a new level of anointing, a new level of purpose, a new level of passion in God. You see... He wants to awaken his daughters tonight. Worship team, if you'll come up and...
play. You see, God wants you to know tonight that he loves you. If there's anything I can say to you tonight, it's that he loves you. You see, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you faced, how are things with you and your heavenly father? Are you on speaking terms with him? Are you going through the silent mode, giving God the silent treatment because you think that he's the one that's let you down, think that he's the one that's disappointed you? Are you submitting your life to him? You see, God wants you to know that you are not alone in everything that you have walked through. He has not abandoned you. There are so many women in this world who have been hurt and abused, who have been molested, who have been raped. They come in all shapes, sizes, and colors. It doesn't matter. But you see, many of those women have wrapped their secrets in pretty clothes and fine jewelry. Some are walking down the street in tattered clothes. It doesn't matter because, you see, both kinds of women hide bitterness and pain in their life. But see, God wants you to know he has inside of him, he has what you need to wipe all that bitterness away, all that hurt away, all the pain away. If you'll stand with me tonight. You know, God, it doesn't matter how old you get. It doesn't matter. God still views you as his little girl. Abby does not want to grow up. Nate always wanted to grow up. Nate couldn't wait to get older. Nate couldn't wait for the new adventure in his life and everything. And he's still that way. He just is always in anticipation for the next adventure in his life. Once he conquers one thing, he wants to conquer another thing. Abby wants to sit and savor the moment. She wants to just sit and enjoy being a little girl. And some of us have lost that in our life where we can just sit and enjoy being God's daughter, where we can just sit and savor the moment in his precious love that he has for us. We're eager to rush out for the next thing in our life when God says, just stay here. Just like that human video, he says, just stay right here for a little while. Can't we spend some time together? You see, that's what God wants. And you know, some women may never have known that tenderness, but you can tonight. You can feel that tonight. God wants you to know that there is a father that does not abandon. There is a father that does not disappoint. There is a father that doesn't mistreat or abuse. And he is that father. He wants you to know tonight that he is real. What he said is true. And that he loves you so much. He enables the broken to break without falling apart. No matter what you go through, he comforts you when those things happen. He is faithful. He will always be there. You see, God wants to wake you up tonight to those things that you have allowed to fall asleep in your life. You see, the Bible says, wake up, strengthen that which remains before it dies. Some of you may have let things just fall asleep in your life, thinking that the way things are right now is all it's ever going to be, that God cannot break you know, the despair or the destruction or the disappointment or the, the depression that's over me. Can I tell you that I am a living example? I have walked through points in my life. I have walked through depression in my life. I have walked through disappointments in my life. And can I tell you, every single time that it has ever happened, God has always brought me out. He has never been the reason I walked into depression, but he has always been the answer that I had come out. He has always been the healing oil that has come in and cleansed me and washed me and brought me out to see the light again. Always in my life. And trust me, there have been moments in my life where I didn't know if I was going to make it out to come out alive. In those moments where I didn't know if I even wanted to. But in those moments where I thought that I couldn't take another thing, there was always that, that arm of love that swooped down and said, Karen, I'm here to rescue you. Every woman longs to be rescued. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you do. We all long to be on a great adventure and to be rescued. And God is saying, I can rescue you. I can meet that need. You see, maybe for some of you that didn't have a good point of reference growing up, maybe you're afraid if you run to his arms that they'll be closed that they won't be open to you. Maybe you're afraid that if you run into his presence that he won't be smiling at you. But can I tell you, he will always be smiling. He will all be, always be waiting 
for you to run into his arms always they will never be closed shut never be he will never turn his back on you he will never he will never forsake you or abandon you he wants to wake you up and what i'm going to ask tonight if that's you if that's you and you want god to do something so awesome in your life and that should be all of us If you want God to wake up those things that you have allowed to let fall asleep in your life, if you want to be reminded that you are his daughter, if you want to feel that love of him wrapping his arms around you, whether you've had a bad marriage, whether you've had things happen to you in your life, whether you were mistreated or any of those things, and you need God the Father to wrap his arms around you and just hold you and just be in his presence tonight, then I encourage you to come up here to this altar and to get on your face and cry out to God and just sit in his presence. That should be all of us. I'm asking that every single one of us come up tonight and we just get in his presence. I'm asking that leaders, if you want to get on your face, if you want to just spend time in his presence, you do that. But if you can, if you would just minister, come up to the altars, and that you would just minister to women at the altars, minister to some of these young girls and everything, we need to come back to a place where we don't always just talk about what God can do, but we actually experience it, and we come into his presence, and he transforms us and changes us, not just for our own benefit, but so that we can go out and make a difference in other girls' lives, other women's lives, so that we can bring healing to them. Because sometimes, you know, there's a story in the scripture of the crippled woman that was in the synagogue, and she was crippled, she was in pain, and God called out to her for to come forward to be healed. And that scripture puzzled me. And I thought, why would he call her forward? He knew that she was crippled. He knew that she couldn't walk very well. He knew that it was uncomfortable, it was embarrassing for her to come forward. And I was like, God, why would you do that? Why didn't you just walk back to her and heal her? And God spoke to me and said, because sometimes you need to see someone walking out their faith so that your faith grows. Sometimes we need to see other women healed. Sometimes we need to see other women walk out their healing so that it can strengthen another woman who has all been over and crippled, that she can have faith to stand up and walk again. And so let's just spend some time together just in an intimate time with the Father ministering to each other and just being in his presence tonight there's nobody rushing you out of here if you have to leave i understand but if not just let's spend a few moments in his time in his presence right now